Simpsons going steady week is in full swing, and it's Simpsons time. Episode number 132 is called Bart Sells His Soul, and it has gone down in history as one of the cooler, greater, more amazing episodes in the history of The Simpsons. It appeared in Season 7, was written by the great Greg Daniels. Uh, later of extreme and well-deserved fame with many different sitcoms, uh, King of the Hill first and then The Office and Parks and Recreation. He's just he's just a master of the uh, three-act sitcom form, IMO. Apparently this story idea came about because it's something that he actually did when he was in high school uh, and I learned that by listening to the DVD commentary of this he bought the soul of like a sort of dumb jockey type guy and later sold it back to him <laughs> uh, and apparently he also at one point um, didn't switch the hymn but suggested, you know, while people were, while religious people uh, somewhere were trying to decide what hymn to sing, he requested Stairway to Heaven, and nobody there knew that Stairway to Heaven was not actually a hymn. Uh, and FYI, they tried to clear Stairway to Heaven for use in this episode, but they were not able to do it, and they used Inagata Devita instead, which ends up being just as funny. I don't think Stairway to Heaven would have been as funny, actually. So what happens in this? Bart is mad at Millhouse. They have a little bit of a spat after Bart plays a prank in the church that I just uh, described the nature of. Um, and uh, Millhouse is like, well, of course I ratted you out. I don't want my soul to be condemned to damnation, like Reverend Lovejoy said it would be. Um, and Bart's like, that's a crock, you know, you can, you know, if you really think that a soul is that important, I'll give you my soul, because it's not. Um, and of course, he doesn't give it to him, but uh, Millhouse happens to have five bucks, and... Uh, Bart takes it and gives Milhouse a certificate that he draws up right then and there on the Springfield Church stationery that says his soul belongs to Milhouse. And, uh, you know, a real kind of existential conundrum arises after that because Bart is starts to question whether the soul is something that he really does need. He notices uh, many things are different about him. 
His hug is different when Marge tries to hug him to tuck him in at night. Uh, <laughs> the dinosaur, the little foam dinosaur that's supposed to scare Lisa actually doesn't work. Uh, I don't know if that counts as something that's different because of him not having a soul, but it does result in him and Lisa starting to have like a philosophical discussion about it. Um, and Lisa, by the way, uh, displays a lot more faith here than she comes to in future episodes. She becomes very kind of jaded and skeptical and logical after this, but she's, she's quite um, spiritual-minded in this. Saying that, you know, the soul is everything that's good inside you. It's, um, it's not to be taken lightly. I feel like the Lisa of later seasons might just kind of scoff at that. So it's interesting that she's sensitive to it now. Um, what else? Uh, Bart does not find Itchy and Scratchy funny. That's like a big deal. Um, the dog and the cat are both hostile to him when he tries to pet them. It's a little-known fact that that happens to you if you sell your soul. The animals don't like you anymore. Um, and I guess my favorite is uh, when trying to be one of the cool bullies in the Quickie Mart um, and fog up the freezer case and write in it. Bart's breath uh, does not appear, and he is humiliated. Maybe that's my favorite Jimbo line of all time. Way to breathe, no breath. I always think of Nelson as saying it because it sounds like something that he would say, but I don't think he was there. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Bart then realizes that he wants his soul back and so begins the quest to get it back. Uh, from Millhouse, who is conveniently staying at his grandmother's place all the way uptown while his house is being sprayed for potato bugs. So uh, Bart has to go on this whole odyssey in search of his lost soul. We get to see Millhouse's grandmother. I wonder whose mother that is. I think it's probably Kirk's mother. Uh, although you can't really tell because Kirk and Luann look exactly alike. Um, but just <laughs> that tiny little snippet of the grandmother and all the rest of, and Milhouse and Kirk all like screaming at each other <laughs> in the middle of the night it amuses me a lot. Um, when she shuffles to the door and says, A caller at this hour! Millhouse's grandmother, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. So, turns out that it's not even there. Millhouse sold it to comic book guy. So Bart camps out in front of the android's dungeon, and when it opens, comic book guy, after telling him about High and Lois, <laughs> um being moved to the Springfield Coliseum. Tells him that he already sold the soul. Oh, well. 
But it's a very happy ending because as Bart is devoutly praying on his bed, you know, to get his soul back, his soul, the little piece of paper floats down to him and it is revealed that Lisa is the one who bought it back for him. How sweet. And what a nice earned ending for that. Uh, (laughs) All the references to the little piece of paper are great. You know, the... uh, the guy with the Charles Bronson voice. Not Chuck Norris, as I erroneously said uh, in a moment of stupidness several weeks ago. Uh, who is the exterminator says something like, you know, oh yeah, a white piece of paper. You don't forget a thing like that. The references to the white piece of paper really make me laugh. Luann has another one too earlier on. Um, There's a lot of cool stuff. It's it's edgy, but also quite, you know, far out and existential and spiritual. Uh, there's the great dream sequence with all of the kids, each of them having their soul with them. And they're rowing to what looks like the Emerald City or something. And Bart can't make it because he's only him. He doesn't have his soul. Uh, and it's just so pretty. It's it's really, really great. I love dream sequences like that where the colors are all different. And apparently they wanted the souls to be translucent, but they were just blue. Uh, I always think of them as translucent, so it doesn't even really matter. And yeah, just the way that's all shaded in like pink and yellow pastel dreamy colors is great with the blue souls. Uh, Martin's soul loves him. That's another, like, really cute little touch. Everyone pick a first mate. Oh, I choose Martin! <laughs> yeah, you know, that's how it that's how it should be. So it's a real cool story. Um, but, lest we forget, it's a pretty short story and does not take up that much time in the episode, and the rest of the time is all taken up by the subplot of Moe's family feed bag, where Moe turns Moe's tavern into a good time family eatery in the Bennigan's or Chili's model, or, you know, name any other different ones. Uh, Dr. Hibbert's family has a funny run of jokes where, like, they're all naming different fictional family restaurants you know like the the spaghetti laboratory i believe is one of them and there's several um so yeah that whole deal does so much to to cut the sort of uh, treacly weirdness of the of the whole notion of bart having a soul great gags like deep frying the entire tray of food including the wine bottle uh, and uh, (laughs) the million dollar birthday fries you know that set off the alarm every time they're ordered and more and of course Mo cannot deal with this pressure it's just not him to receive or give love 
to the children of the community. And, uh, yeah, the last thing I'll say is that we have a very good Todd Flanders line. When he says, my freaking ears, really scarcely, like, a second after Mo has said the word freaking. And that, uh, you know, sparks the entire walkout of Mo's family feedback. Everyone is completely scandalized by Todd saying freaking. Uh... And it's a big moment of triumph for him. This was directed by Wes Archer, who does just such a stellar job, um, especially with the soul dream sequence, which happens twice. It happens once in the end. Um, But with all the other stuff, the growing sponge tyrannosaurus and the uh i'm particularly fond of the inagata devita sequence in the beginning where everyone is slowly getting more tired and their hair is getting disheveled uh and so forth i am not going to play inagata devita today uh for pete's sake it's very long but nevertheless i thank you for listening to simpsons time She's the daughter of a man who's really older than time. And when you question her, she says, what else can she do? The name of this song is Sell Your Soul by Derek, a.k.a. Johnny Symbol, who you might know, you might not know. And this has been Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator with me, Amanda Nazario. Thank you for listening. Um, you probably do know that nugget about um, Inagata Devita that it really was called In the Garden of Eden, uh, but the guys in Iron Butterfly thought it better to sing it slurred like that um, so that it sounded weird. I hope none of you have sold your souls or sold out in any way. I hope you continue to follow your dreams. Even if they smell like tinkle. I'll be back next week with another recycled Simpsons time for all of you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Bye.